We all wanna be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. All right, welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am your host and coach, Brittany King, and I couldn't hit record fast enough. I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to this conversation for a long time. I have a special guest on the show with me today. Welcome to the show, Chef Whitney Aronoff. Hello, my friend. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I am just so excited that you're here. Whitney is a health supportive personal chef in Laguna Beach, California, and she's passionate about wellness, the vibration of food and supporting others in living their best life. Chef Whitney attended culinary school at the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City and went on to work farm to table restaurants in Newport and New York. I mean, talk about a dream job, Whitney. I am just like, okay, Tell me everything. Tell yeah. me everything. How did you get into, like, did you, did you, were you always passionate about being a chef? I was always passionate about healthy food and healthy living. So even in my undergrad, I went to SMU. I was studying corporate communications. Wait, I worked in pause. Yes. When did you graduate? I graduated SMU in 2003. Okay. Do you know Brian King? No, I don't think so. But my husband, my husband went to SMU. I don't remember what year he graduated. Maybe he graduated. Oh, so funny. Yeah, that is yeah. so funny. Anyway, proceed. You went to SMU, yeah. you did your undergrad. And tell me all the things. Yeah, you know, working corporate jobs, went and worked at Ernst & Young in HR, you know, worked for tons of other companies as an HR manager for many years. But I always loved healthy food, healthy living, um, and, you know, was always really into restaurants, going out to eat, kind of everything in that wheelhouse. And I just realized in my 20s when I was going to work every day and trying to embrace this corporate life and trying to embrace a passionate career in HR and recruitment and trying to grow up the ladder, that it like just really wasn't my thing. there's something was missing. And I wanted to figure out how do I take what really interests me in the evenings and on the weekend and make that my life. And so it took me many years to figure out and tap in. It definitely got easier when I started incorporating meditation and restorative yoga and using and listening to sound vibrations and mantras, things got a lot more clear. And then I was ultimately able to take the leap to transition. There we go. Uh, Okay. I want to talk about this leap because, you know, following the traditional path where you go to school and then you go into the corporate world and you start working your way through the corporate world. And then you wake up and you're like, is this it? And it can be a very confusing time. Right. So tell me about the transition. Like how, how did you go from working in corporate America to transitioning into a dream career? So I'll be honest, it was not easy, but I'm so glad I did it and it's behind me. So (laughs) I basically realized um, in the fall of 2014 that I wanted to go to culinary school. 
that I wanted to go to a health supportive culinary school. And I wanted to learn the skills to better feed myself, to better prepare foods, to be able to better tap into what works for me to heal any digestive distress, um, just to fulfill a passion. And then I knew I wanted to work in the health wellness culinary space and create my own food brand. I never thought I'd actually be working full-time as a chef for as many years as I have been, but I, I had the vision. I had the long-term vision, which I still have. Mm-hmm. And um, the name of the culinary school just popped into my head. I literally looked it up online. I requested an application and just got better understood. Like, what is it going to take to be able to go? What is it going to cost me? What's the time commitment? You know, I, it was easy for me to work through the fear of just, you know, I just, went out and got all the information that I needed to be able to process. I think that's really important when you're trying to make a career change is not just to have the idea of what you want to do, but go out and do the research and get more information on it. And then, you know, simmer with it and digest it. And that's what I did. I collected as much information about the school that I wanted to go to. And over a month or two, I just thought, all right, next year in 2015, I have to find a way to take a sabbatical for my job. So I can go and do this. Like, I have to make this happen. Um, I can't wait anymore. I've waited long enough to make the career change. Like I have to make this happen. So I talked to a few people about this dream of mine. I shared it with others and I, the, the oddest thing happened. I was flying to Asia and I met somebody on the plane. I met a spiritual practitioner. We were just chatting at the back of the plane who lived in New York city. And we were talking about crystals, pulling them out of our pockets. This was 2014. Like this is normal. Now was not normal back then. (laughs) Um, and he started asking me some deep questions. I told him about what my dreams were and he's like, well, so it is now that's happening. And sure enough, when I got home from that trip from Asia, I got laid off from my job a week later and I had no choice, you know, but to pursue my dream. You know, I got laid off, you know, there's nothing in the way. Like, so in that moment, like it took about, it took a few days, you know, from going from losing my job and feeling like I had that identity crisis that we all have. If you lose a job, you know, you worry about bills, you worry about your identity now that you don't have that, that label behind you anymore of what your career is. And that's when I just finished the application to the culinary school and sent it in and then made a plan for how I was going to make that happen, how I was going to finance that, how I was going to find a place to live in New York city, you know, what my life was going to look like, you know, moving out of my place in Washington, DC, just putting it all in motion. And I just went for it. Um, and I did it, you know, all by myself. Um, so it was a great growth moment. It was really scary. Um, but the moment I got to school every day was the happiest day of my life because I was spending all day, every day learning and immersed in something that really lit me up. And I will never forget the feeling I had while I was in culinary school. It was the most, it was almost the most fun I've, I've ever had in my life. Mm. Oh my gosh. It it gives me the chills to think about just how it's either you make the decision or the universe, whatever you believe in makes the decision for you. So I'm curious when you shared this dream with people that maybe like didn't have big dreams or never pursued, how did they receive 
the dream of being a chef and, and going to culinary school? A lot of people I talked to. So I even shared this after I got laid off, like a week later, my former boss and the partner that was the majority owner of the company I worked for, he met with me. He went for coffee with me because I wanted him to write, you know, he just laid me off from my job. Um, but I wanted him to write one of my referral letters for my, um, for my submission to culinary school, because I had just worked for him for two years and I really admired him. So we went and met for coffee and I shared with him what I wanted to do next. And would he write me this document? And he told me how jealous he was of me, that I was in a place in my life, even though I was in my thirties, that I had the ability to change directions. And he felt like he didn't. And that what I was doing was his dream. He wished he could stop everything, stop his company, stop his family life and be able to pursue something like that, that would just fill up his cup. And so it's funny, the more people I talked to, they, they were so jealous and so so encouraging of me pursuing happiness. Mm -hmm. And I remember I talked to my dad about what I was doing and he said, Hey, I want you to be able to wake up when you're 60 and feel, feel happy and fulfilled. And if this sacrifice is going to do it, go for it. Um, so it was really interesting. The more people I talked to, they're just like, yes, just go for it. Just do it. You'll, you'll figure out what it's going to be on the other side. Once you get through the process, yeah. like, you know, I had the big dream of my food product company mm -hmm. and, and what I want to create there, but the in-between, like how I was, how was I going to get a job after culinary school? What was that going to look like? I didn't worry about that. I just went for it. Mm. Oh, that gives me the chills. There's just so many things. I think to your point, people that are pursuing their, or, or have a dream. And, you know, once you speak the idea out loud, it no longer lives in your mind, but most people get bogged down by the how, how, how am I going to get a yeah. job? How yeah. am I going to do this? How am I going to pay my bills? Oh, health insurance. What, how am I going to pay for health insurance? Right. And when we get so worried about the, how that's why most people don't get past the idea phase. They're so, so afraid. So for people to know, I went through that time, that how time happened after I went through culinary school yeah. and I spent too much time in that place. I probably yeah. spent a year bogged mm -hmm. down by, Oh, for me. Oh, I don't know how to do it. Oh, you know, how do I pay all these bills? You know, um, I, I, I got there yeah. at one point I landed there and I yeah. stayed there a little too long. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have sought help sooner, sooner. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have, you know, even though I didn't have the money, it would have served me better to just open a credit card and gotten a coach mm -hmm. and gotten some people on uh, built a team to help me get out of that mindset, yeah. which I ultimately did. Yeah. But it took me a year to get there and it was the best money I ever spent because mm -hmm. it moved me forward so mm -hmm. much faster. Oh my gosh. I, I can relate to that big time. It's like when I invested in my first coach, when I was building my business, I didn't have the money at all. And I had never invested in myself, but the return on it was insane because it got me out of the how it got me out of the unknown, because that's what it is. It's like your brain has never been there before. It's never 
got past, you know, it's never got past the dream idea to reality phase. So it's really scary to be there. Even if it's what you want, your brain's like, I've never been here before. Let me go back to safety. How many times were you like, let me just go get another job in corporate America. Who's hiring right now? Let me just check LinkedIn real fast. It happened a lot. And majority of the time over the past nine years, I have been working as a chef, Mm -hmm. but one time I, you know, I had a recruiter reach, reach out to me through LinkedIn for a more corporate job where I wasn't going to be working as a chef. I was going to be working a corporate position, but my chef experience is what they needed in that role. And I took the position because it just seemed too good to be true. The pay was nice. I was going to get to sit down at a desk and wear normal clothes. And I just thought, you know, Ooh, let's do it. Let's build up the 401k. Let's take the easy route. And I thought to myself, this seems too good to be true. And I don't think the universe and whatever my soul's mission mm-hmm. is meant for me to go and do this corporate job. And sure enough, I only had the job for three months and they laid me off. I It's so crazy. That is what happens. Like I view those opportunities as tests from universe to source, whatever you want to believe in, uh, because it's like, all right, let's see how committed you are to your mission, because we're yeah. going to, we're going to give you an easy way out. And then it's going to, we're going to redirect you back to where you're supposed to go, but let's just see. I've had the same experience. And I remember my husband, Brian, it's like, stay in your lane. It's like, don't go do this thing. Stay in your lane. I'm like, but let me just go. Let me just see it. Just be nice to have a little bit more security. And he's like, okay, same exact thing. Three months later, it was like, okay, well now it's confirmed. This is what I meant to do. So it's just funny how you get off course and you'll just get lovingly redirected. It often feels like a kick in the ass, but it'll just bring you back to the path. Oh, this is, I love your story. It is just, oh, thank you. I mean, it's, it's so inspiring because I work with so many clients that come to me with ideas and not just ideas for a business, but like ideas for their life, ideas to better the community, ideas to better the world, ideas to better their family. And it never gets past the idea stage unless they have, you know, that next step of, of like following through with coaching or following through with the action plan. And when you hear stories like yours, right, that very traditional following the path and then veering off and doing your own thing, it just shows people what's possible. And you're living, I think you're probably living a lot of people's dream careers because there, I know a lot of people that love food. They love food. They love creating meals. They love creating experiences, but they're like, oh, that's for someone else. That's not for me. So tell me how you shifted your mindset to be like, actually, I can do this and I'm going to. Well, part of why I went to culinary school was because I wanted to gain tools simply for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a huge part is if what you're pursuing or diving into to learn more about is something you're just wanting to consume just Mm -hmm. for you. Um, I felt like the health supported culinary school I went to I learned basic life skills. I felt like it was life finishing school. Like this is what everyone should be doing after high school or college and dedicate like six to eight months to just learning this. Like I was set up for life, knowing knowing how to purchase eggs at the grocery store and like get through all those different labels, Uh you know, better understanding all the process of food preparation and and sourcing my ingredients. Like you know, now I'm set up for life. Mm -hmm. I can put myself in any circumstance. Mm -hmm. And that was number one. So it made it easy to pursue 
because of that. Mm -hmm. And then through the process of learning you, it, how you want to continue to live your life naturally appears, I think. Yeah. Because like the embodiment of it. Yeah. It's so similar. I went to, when I did, I did health coaching and then I did integrative health coaching and it was same thing. I'm like, these are life skills. And it was for myself at first. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a health coach. I'm going to start a business. I never thought, I never thought I'd have a business. I wanted to learn it for myself because I was getting curious and I was wondering what was going on in my body and why I didn't feel good and why I was so tired. And then it just opened my eyes to this world of integrative nutrition and well-being, how your emotions affect the food that you eat and the food that you eat affects how you feel. And it's all connected. That's when I had this aha moment where I was like, whoa, everybody needs this. Everybody needs to learn how to take care of themselves from the inside out. And so, I mean, that brings me to, you know, the conversation about high vibration cooking, Tell me everything about high vibration cooking, why it matters, why it's important. Well, just like you were saying, I want to feel good in my body every day. Mm -hmm. And then you suddenly learn and realize how the food you eat immediately makes you feel. Yes. Makes you feel in the moment, how it makes you feel when you're trying to do your job or doing the things that you love, how it makes you feel the next day. Um, mm. when I learned all that and experienced it for myself, I wanted to share it with others because it's so easy to control manage, manage. But the, the big thing is the, like the light bulb moments are, it's so easy to choose the foods to eat when you know what makes you feel good. And it's so mm-hmm. easy to not be distracted by other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't worry about what's on other people's plates. There's no food judgment because mm-hmm. you know everything that works for you mm-hmm. and you're really comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it takes away a lot of the food issues that people you know, in high school and college and in their 20s struggle with. Um, when you just go ahead and just start working on what, what works for you, you don't mm-hmm. worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is like, that was where my journey began because I had such a weird relationship with food, my body and all of, you know, the, all of the ish. But then learning about how, when you're feeling you know, an emotional imbalance or you're suppressing your emotions, the food that you eat is a reflection of that. And so then it perpetuates not feeling good because you're choosing food that makes you continue to feel terrible. Yeah. And then that's where high vibration foods comes in. It's understanding that real food or all food carries a vibration. Yes. And that there's only two vibrations on the planet. There's an up spiral vibration and there's a down spiral vibration. Mm -hmm. And clearly you know, I like to think we all want to go up spiral and we all know what it feels like when we're going down spiral. We're in that space where we don't have confidence. We don't believe in ourselves. Um, we don't feel good. Um, it's doom, gloom, whining, um, low energy that's downward spiral when we're positive, feel good, uplifted, clear headed, um, happy, joyful, we're up spiral. And so, when you look at food, when you look at real food, you know, fresh ingredients from scratch, um, that is high vibration food. If you look at processed food, so anything that can stay on the shelves mm-hmm. for many months and years, mm-hmm. um, that would be low vibration food because it's not full of life force energy, because if it was full of life force energy, it wouldn't be shelf stable. Now there's, there's a lot of different, when you think about that, there's a lot of different ingredients that fall in there. So a high vibration food would be, you know, extra virgin olive oil, 
-hmm. but an extra virgin olive oil that's in plastic and maybe not organic, not single origin. Maybe it's a variety of blends. Maybe it's been on the shelf for, for many years. That would be more of a low vibration food. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, you know, you can break it down further into ingredients and categories and then find the differences between it. Mm -hmm. But you're looking for fresh, local, seasonal, vibrant, you know, delicious ingredients to be high vibration foods. Mm, Yeah. I I love the way that you just explained that because we're talking about vibration. It's that energy, right? It's the energy exchange. And it's true. Like if something can live on the shelf for years, then there's no life force in that. So what yeah. about processed food, you know, that is like, you know, let's say like coconut yogurt, right? Like coconut yogurt, it's processed, right? But is that high vibration or is that low vibration? It all depends on the product and the ingredients list. Mm-hmm. So there's better quality coconut yogurts that are out there that are in glass jars yes. that are made with more fresh ingredients. And then there's more poor quality coconut yogurts that are made with boxed pasteurized coconut milk, Mm -hmm. a bunch of sugar and other ingredients sitting in a plastic container with a longer shelf life. Mm -hmm. So the same goes with orange juice. You can get fresh squeeze orange juice, or you can get orange juice in a pasteurized container with an expiration date for a month from now that also has artificial color Mm -hmm. and artificial scent at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like starting to understand the difference. Like, obviously you're going to feel great when you drink the fresh squeezed orange juice, eating the processed orange juice that's shelf stable or on the shelf, you know, it's not going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's starting to differentiate that and recognizing how you feel when you eat one versus the other. And then that's, you're realizing because you're having a high vibration food and a low vibration food. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you start to clean out your system and eat real ingredients, you are not going to ever enjoy the taste of that shelf stable product. You will never enjoy it. You will naturally start to not crave that stuff and not enjoy that stuff Mm -hmm. because you have cleaned out your system. You've raised your vibration. It, it just won't taste good to you. So Mm -hmm. you won't even go there. Mm, that is such a good point to bring up. Cause I've noticed that in myself, like things that I used to enjoy in the past, I just don't anymore. It's not, it's like, it doesn't taste the same. Like you can almost taste that the difference in the vibration of the food when you stop having it for a while. And I notice is as you continue to work on yourself and raise your vibration, whether that's your lifestyle, the music you play around you, the energy work you do on yourself, the way you exercise your body, the way you shield yourself, the way you feel yourself with food, you won't even walk towards that stuff in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You won't pick it up under any circumstance because everything, whether you see it or not, is, it has a frequency. It's vibrating and it will either draw you to it or it will repel you from it. Mm. So you, you won't even go there naturally. You will start to shift Mm -hmm. and you know, for some people, it will require a little more mental work to get mm-hmm. out of the habit of always reaching for certain things at the grocery store and putting it in your cart because, you know, some of it becomes muscle memory and habit, but mm-hmm. you will naturally work your way away from more processed foods on the shelf. You'll naturally start turning over labels and just start reading the ingredients or double checking where it's from. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you'll start to feel the product itself in your hands Mm -hmm. and know if it's for you or not. And in that moment as well, if you're struggling to figure out if that's the white, right product for you, you can always do like the muscle test or the balance test. Mm -hmm. It works every time. If you aren't sure, um, if that's the right item you should be picking up at the grocery store. So explain a little bit about that. So someone that's never heard of muscle testing before, how does that work? So this is such a great skill and it's a great way to build your intuition. It's a great way to strengthen that muscle that's naturally within you. Um, I think I first learned about this in like 2010, 2011, but you can pick up any product you want at the grocery store. Um, It can be vitamins, it can be olive oil, it can be a yogurt and you pick up that product and you just need to stand tall and balanced with your hip, your feet, hips width apart. And you just pick up that product and put it against your chest. So that way you can feel the vibration of the product. Mm. And I like to close my eyes. And then you ask a yes or no question. So you would ask, you know, is this the right olive oil for me? Um, should I purchase this olive oil? Um, should I use this olive oil? And you'll lean forward if it's a yes, you'll lean no, if it's a, you'll lean back if it's a no, and you'll stay completely stable if it's a maybe. If like, yeah, you can go for it, but you know, those maybes are great opportunities to realize that there's, there's something better out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, in a moment you can go with it as well. I love it. I love muscle testing. I do that with beliefs to just see where I'm at with like the belief work. Um, But I've never thought about doing it with food. Makes me want to, I'm like, I'm going to the farmer's market on Saturday. I'm going to muscle test. Oh, so great. I do it with food all the time. And I also do it with any personal questions I have for myself. So Mm -hmm. I did it just the other night when I was thinking about my exercise routine and how I needed to change it. So I just went through every day of the week and I went through Monday. So I just said to myself, okay, on Mondays, should I be doing a hard workout? And so I went through each day of the week, ask if I should be doing a hard workout or a light workout that day. Cause I wanted to create a new schedule. I felt like it was time. Mm-hmm. And I just asked my body that question and it created the schedule for me. Mm-hmm. And it basically told me four days a week, I should be going hard. The rest of the days of the week, I should be going light. It helped me map out the calendar and I feel, I feel ready to go. Oh, I love that. I'm going to start incorporating. I've never thought about doing it for the, I mean, it's so interesting because I do it with goals. I'll be like, okay, what is the goal that I'm working on? But just all these other elements. So question about that with muscle testing. Do you calibrate? Do you like clear your energy first? Or do you do something to make sure you're coming from a neutral place before asking yourself yes or no? Or how do you get into it? Absolutely. And it's really simple and it just takes seconds. So I do this at the grocery store all the time. So if anyone walks into Whole Foods, Laguna Nigel, you know, I, you know, I'm a chef, so I'm there like five, six days a week, you know, usually 7 30 AM. You'll see me down an aisle with my eyes closed and a product against my chest. You know, I'm like, that's my care. soul sister right there. Yeah. I don't care. Um, and I do, I stand there for a moment. I just, I shake my body out. I just kind of get anything out. And then I just stand and close my eyes and I just take one or two deep breaths. Hmm. There's one or two deep breaths, like, all right, time, you know, time to balance out, get steady. And then I pick up the item and put it against my chest mm, and same yeah. at home, same at yeah. home. And I'm going to ask myself some questions. I kind of shake the energy, the excess energy out of me mm-hmm. and then take a moment to just breathe my eyes closed. And then when I feel completely settled, 
I'll ask the questions and you know, the body never lies. The yeah. mind, the mind can trick you, but mind the body success. never lies. Oh, so good. So is this how you choose foods that work best for you? I do. Yeah. yeah this is sometimes it. like you just know. Yeah. Like sometimes you naturally have a craving and you should lean into that craving. Like sometimes I'll know, God, it's really time for some beets. I haven't cooked beets in a long time. Um, or it's time for some red meat. I haven't had that in a long time, or yeah. it's time for me to pick up, you know, or a new vegetable or a vegetable. I just haven't eaten in a while. We'll jump out at you at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I use that a lot. Um, but then also I'll close my eyes and tap in when I feel like if there, I need to make a change mm-hmm. and I'll just ask my body, like what, like yes or no questions to figure out the change I need to be making in my diet is what I'm having for breakfast working for me. Is what I'm having for lunch work for me. Mm-hmm. Should I be drinking more bone broth? Should I be making more soups? You know, yes or no questions work really well. Yeah. I love it. So simple. So question about meat then. Because yeah. what is the vibe, like, what would you categorize meat? And I know different types of meat, yes. um, but let's say bison from Costco, what level of vibration is that? So I personally, I go to Costco because mm-hmm. there are things that I purchased there. Yeah. I can't buy meat there. Okay. It's not the right place for me. Okay. When it comes to bison, I'm looking for hundred percent pasture raised. Number one, mm-hmm. when possible, I try to find pasture raised, pasture raised field harvested. Mm-hmm. So field harvested means that the animal was processed on the land where it's been born and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never taken to a processing facility. So it never went through any time of excessive fear, putting excess cortisol mm-hmm. into its body. So when you can find field harvested, that's the dream. Usually that's at farmer's markets or shopping directly online. Um, just because those tend to be smaller farms, it's not going to be something you find at a grocery store, but, but obviously, you know, I don't, I don't have a large enough freezer to always be stocking things in my freezer. Um, and shopping at the grocery store often is most convenient. So, you know, you just look for the best quality that is available to you where you are and then understand all the ways that you can up level. But bison is a great high vibration food. You're just looking for the best quality that you can find. Ideally, like I mentioned, 100% pasture raised. Um, Another thing is when you look at meats, so meats are great natural grounding food. It's, it's a great food for humans on the planet. It naturally grounds you, which means it's putting you back in your body. It's not just grounding you to earth, but it's just putting you back into your body. Because I think it's really easy for all of us to kind of get outside of our body. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people aren't comfortable in their body. So their soul and a part of them is naturally constantly leaving. If you do a lot of meditation, mm-hmm. you know, you're outside of your body. If you eat raw or vegan, you're spending a lot more time outside of your body, which is great if you're doing a lot of mediumship or psychic work. But at the end of the day, we're all meant to be here now experiencing our life on this planet in this body. And so it's great to, to invite foods in that bring you back down, but everyone has to figure out what works for them. One thing I do recognize is that there are just certain foods on the planet that are very, very hard for our bodies to digest. Mm -hmm. And I always recommend, you know, staying away from anything that's hard for your body to digest. So one of those things that's hard for majority of humans to digest is 
pork, shark, and octopus. Mm -hmm. The digestive system just has a hard time breaking those Mm -hmm. meats down. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people consider some of those foods high vibration versus low vibration. It's a real personal opinion. Um, I go with that they're more low vibration foods because the body naturally struggles to break them down. What about chicken? I consider chicken a high vibration food. It's, you know, it's an amazing ancestral protein. Mm -hmm. I think it all depends on the quality. So I would say a generic grocery store chicken that was fed soy and corn Mm -hmm. and grains, and the poor little body was injected with additional saline and water to plump it up. Mm -hmm. I would consider that a low vibration food, Mm -hmm. a high vibration version of a chicken would be a pasture raised chicken, a chicken Mm -hmm. that, um, lived on a land where the hen house was constantly rotated on the property because it was always eating the bugs and seeds in its natural surroundings. Um, Amish chickens, Jadori chickens, pasture bird chickens, you know, real chickens I think are great, but mm-hmm. again, you can muscle test for your body, see mm-hmm. if that's right for you. Um, but when it comes to proteins, just like it comes to vegetables and, you know, shelf stable items, it's, it's finding the quality. Mm-hmm. So what's the rule of thumb then with quality? If someone's listening and they're like, okay, this makes sense, but they're like, I don't even know where to start. Cause you've mentioned pasture raised a couple of times. Uh, you know, if someone goes to the grocery store and they're like, okay, I want to find all the high vibration food where, how do you simplify it for them? So they can start small. So what, what category do you want to start with? Let's start with, um, let's start with vegetables. Yeah. So when you go to the grocery store, you don't have to buy everything organic because the organic, labeling, yeah, the <laughs> organic labeling doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't sprayed with pesticides or herbicides. And in the United States, they're allowed to use about 25 different organic labeled pesticides and herbicides. So organic or non-organic, it's still being grown with pesticides unless you're purchasing directly from a farmer or someone that grew the product that can tell you. Um, and that is really something that you're only going to get at the farmer's market, but some grocery stores have a produce team that's really well educated. So you can ask, and usually that's more fruit. Um, usually a lot of health food stores or health food chains, um, will source local fruit and then let you know when that local fruit is in. And that's a great choice, but it is a little harder with vegetables. So um, I like to understand what's in season. And oftentimes you'll know what's in season too, just by looking at the price. So this is a great time of year to buy asparagus. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's the middle of winter um, or in the fall, you look at asparagus and it's double the price. And that's because it's not being grown in this region at this time because it's not in season. So it's being shipped in from someplace else, which means the price has gone up pretty high. So you can use, you can use the price of vegetables as a sign of whether something's in season or not, but you can also just get to know what's in season. And then, um, you can start to better understand how the food looks as well to know whether it's high vibration or worth purchasing. So you'll start to notice when you look at broccoli, when you look at the florets, when they're a vibrant green versus when they're starting to brown Mm -hmm. and when to purchase something or not. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So it's really choosing the grocery store that you really want to shop in and going once a week and starting to notice the turnover of ingredients to figure out the better quality to go with. Mm, Okay. So that's the biggest thing is first, it's just getting to know the what's in season and what's not. And you'll be able to tell by the price that makes so much sense. I never even considered that. Like all of a sudden, why are raspberries double the price? It's like, oh, cause they're just not in season. There's something that you mentioned too, exactly. with meat, um, about the fear and the cortisol that blew my mind. And then you kind of just touched on it briefly, but can you talk to that for a minute? Yeah. So I actually had a bison farmer on my podcast, the high vibration living podcast, and she's a female farmer in West Virginia. And she does all, you know, heritage bison farming. And she's who I learned about um, field harvesting from. And it's a practice that is gaining movement in the U S and it's a practice. I mean, it's basically how we harvested our animals for, for Mm -hmm. centuries. And that is somebody comes to the land where that animal lives and they have a processing facility on site, very small, and they humanely kill and process the animal on site. And by doing so there's less cortisol running through the muscle meat, which means less cortisol is going into your body when you're eating it, which again, will just help with your stress, Mm -hmm. um, with your weight with your hormones, because you're not consuming as many hormones from the food that you're eating. And the way that the cortisol drops is by not loading up the animals in semi trucks and shipping them, you know, on putting them on a drive for an hour, two, three, four, five, six, in order to get to a processing facility where they can be killed and butchered. Mm -hmm. Um, It's doing it more locally. And when you do it locally, you know, there's less stress for the animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's just a process that I think our food system's going through right now is, you know, is building more small processing facilities. There's also a big movement in certain parts of the country where they're putting processing facilities on wheels. Mm-hmm. And so that way these processing facilities can come to the farmer. Mm-hmm. So it's going to help support smaller farmers, um, Mm -hmm. and coming straight to their land and getting it done. So I think there's going to be a lot of wonderful changes and movement in the, in the cattle ranching and in meat industry over the next 10, 20, 30 years, a lot of changes are going to happen there. Mm -hmm. But, um, if, if anyone wants to get into the meat processing facility game, there is, um, some great money to be had there if you want to do it right. Cause there's actually not very many meat processing facilities in the U S and they're kind of all owned by the same people. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds like there's a, there's something in the market an opening in the market for that. Fascinating. Gosh, it's like, it is so interesting when you are eating food to just stop and pause and think about all the steps that it took to get to your plate. 
that you yeah, just that's, it's ever- so true. And that's why I tell people and try to remind them that they have to wash their rice. Yeah. Um, rice is always supposed to be washed just like quinoa is. And that's another food where it's great to think about like, how did it get to your plate? Huh. Like when you look at those beautiful photos of rice fields, you know, how much rice is coming from those beautiful little green leaves that we see sprouting up from, from the, the water and the marsh mm-hmm. and, you know, the people that picked them or the machines that ran through it. And like, how did that ultimately get into a bag to get to your Costco or your whole foods right. or farmer's market? Um, and so of course you need to wash that just as you would any vegetable before you ate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so fascinating because there are so many things that go into it. So I'm curious about, okay, with washing rice, cause I know there's um, a lot of talk about arsenic being in rice. What are your thoughts about rice? And is that a high vibration or a low vibration food? So rice is a wonderful high vibration food, but like three minute rice or microwavable rice or frozen rice, that's a low vibration food. So again, Mm -hmm. it's just getting back to like, is it real or is it processed? And so any rice that is going in the microwave, that's in a plastic bag, that's being heated up in boiling water, that's pre-cooked and frozen, that's pre-cooked and packaged and shelf stable. Like those are all low vibration foods, real rice um, that you have to wash and soak and cook is a great high vibration food and has been nourishing people for millennia. One of the most wonderful traditions in Japanese food is kanji. And yeah. that's the breakfast staple where they slowly cook the rice in lots and lots of water for four, six, eight hours. And there's all different versions of kanji to help nourish different health issues and different organs in the body. It's a beautiful food and tradition. Yeah. I actually ate kanji when I was postpartum after I had my baby last year. I, I, I just lived off of rice and, uh, and I made my own kanji because I did read that. I was like, what, if this has been around for a long time, I'm going to try this. It's so delicious too. It's really really soothing to the soul when you eat it. Yes. That is exactly what, why I did it. Uh, why I tried it when I um, was postpartum. Oh gosh, this is so fascinating. And when you start to look into rice, there are so many rices around the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's purple rice. There's Mm -hmm. multiple types of purple rice. There's pink rice. There's green rice. There's a variety of brown and white rices. There's so much rice. So there is not a bad rice color. So if you're still stuck in white rice is bad and brown rice is good, like there are so many types of rice varieties Mm -hmm. Just work on real rice versus three-minute microwavable processed rice. You know, avoiding those MSG packets in there. Just just make it from scratch, wash it well, soak it when you can. You know, it's a it's a great food. Mm. I think you know the common theme is like the high vibrational food is more of a delayed gratification. Anything that is like a quick, easy, most likely has a little bit as more of a low vibration. So I want to talk about making meals at home. You know, this is something that comes up a lot when I'm working with clients and we're talking about their diet and how they're feeling. And a majority of the time they're eating most of their meals out because they're just having a hard time making the time. So talk a little bit about making meals at home. 
Well, the healthiest meal you can eat is the one you make at home because you've chosen the ingredients, you've chosen the preparation method, you've chosen the kitchen equipment that you've used to prepare the food and you have put your energy into it. Mm -hmm. And all those things are affecting the food when you eat out and how you assimilate it, how it makes you feel afterwards. So when you can cook your own meals, there's, there's nothing that's going to be more supportive to you than that. Mm -hmm. Um, with that in mind, we all have super busy schedules. I cook for five different families and have to feed myself. Mm -hmm. So I find that twice a week or sometimes three days a week, I just make additional food. I think ahead. So like last night I was thinking about, as I was preparing my dinner, all right, what am I going to want for lunch and dinner tomorrow and the next few days? So that way, when I was preparing dinner last night, when I'm in the kitchen, you know, already putting in the work to put food on my plate for dinner time, I'm thinking, all right, let's just go ahead and pull out some short grain brown rice and pour a cup of that in a bowl so it can soak overnight. Let's, you know, cook a few extra pieces of protein. So I'm set to go for the next few days. I'm just going to steam or blanch some extra vegetables. So it's going to be easier for reheat time tomorrow. You know, you just do a few extra steps each time you're in the kitchen or when you're in the kitchen every other day or every three days, and then it makes life a lot easier. So on Sundays, if I'm going to make my lunch for work on Monday, I'm just going to make four of them instead of just yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer. That's what I'm, that's what I work with my clients all the time. I'm like, it's just planning ahead. Cause if you can plan ahead, then it's so much easier to execute. You're not thinking about it in the moment. Cause as soon as you're thinking about food, when you're hungry, your brain will always default to what's the easiest. Yes. And I keep carrots around. So I usually have some carrots and like, I grab, I always keep a bunch of carrots in my fridge. Yeah. And so I'll grab two or three, like before I head out every day, just so if I need a snack, it's there. I keep a lot of hard boiled eggs in my fridge. So again, if I need a protein snack during the day, it's just there. So I try to set myself up for success. And that includes making sure my fridge is filled with condiments, like a little last minute adjustments that I can add to a meal to make it taste better and make me feel better. So I always have a variety of kimchi or sauerkrauts, you know, things of that nature, fresh ginger, fresh cilantro, fresh garlic, just those little things that I can add on just to add more flavor, make it feel delicious. And all those things are good for you too. Oh, I love it. So great. So great. There's something that you just said too, about, you know, what the effort you put into it and it affects how you feel, you know, you go out to dinner. It is so fascinating how sometimes you eat a meal out and you just feel so low energy, but then there are some restaurants that pride themselves in their ingredients, in the process, all of that. And so fascinating because you might have like a pizza at one of those places and you don't feel low energy after. And I've never thought about it of being that like high vibration versus low vibration. This one place comes to mind is Pizzeria Bianco and all of his ingredients is sourced locally or, and, and, or he like, it is so fresh, everything, including the wheat to make the pizza dough, which is the and dream. Absolutely. And the, the people dream. that work there probably love being a part of that community. Yeah. You know, the people that work there probably know the story behind mm -hmm. the mission of the restaurant yeah. and are bought into that. 
and are proud to be there and love working there, love making the dough, love serving the guests. Mm -hmm. And that's being passed on to you. That's going into the pizza. That's playing into the experience that you're having there. And so, yeah, you probably walk away elevated versus, you know, when you order from food from places and you know, nobody's having that their job, you know? thousand percent all eaten those places where you know our you it's obvious our waiter or the person taking our order does not want to be there today and if that person's like that that is is emanating through the restaurant and you know that's a tough thing for those owners um and for that team but it's probably not going to serve you Right. It's so fast. I've never viewed it like that, but it's a hundred percent the vibration, the energy, and it starts with the food. It starts with the ingredients. Well, cause the food is just a transfer of energy. Exactly. Wow. That so everything is, is going into it along the way. Yes. And then you're consuming it. And then you're wondering why you're feeling shit or you're wondering why you want to go out after and keep hanging out with your friends right. and you have so much energy and you don't want to go home and unwind because you can unwind. You're so uplifted and vibrating so high. Yeah. It's, it's the best. Yeah. That is so fascinating. And so it's like, yes, the most, the healthiest meal you can meet is the meal at home. But then, you know, when you do want to go out and enjoy meals, like thinking about the place that you're going to think there's so much more than just the restaurant, like what goes into it. That is just, that just blew my mind. Uh, Well, speaking, oh, go ahead. Oh, one thing that you can do for the listener that feels like, oh God, well, I love going to this place. And like, I don't want to stop going there. Like there are little things you can do. You can take a moment when your food comes out and you can bless it. So you can do a prayer. You can just hold the bowl with your hands and give your own little blessing in your head. Um, But you can also cheers with the people that you're with and like, wait till your food comes out. Mm -hmm. Just cheers with them. Give thanks for being there with your guest or being at that restaurant and enjoying that meal meal. And that will support the energy that you're about to eat. Those traditions, those, those traditions of gratitude before you eat, you know, it's a tradition for a reason, you know, somebody somewhere long ago knew that giving gratitude and thanks for our food or our company before we broke bread does something. And so, you know, you can go back and start doing that. You don't have to be religious in order to mm-hmm. practice that form of gratitude. Oh my gosh. It, yes. This is like, I have just so many ideas, like ahas popping up in my head, but it is so true. It's like, there's a reason why that ritual exists and it can hundred percent exist in the modern days. I think everybody is just in such a rush. We're just always so busy. We're rushing from thing to thing that we forget how sacred meals actually are. So good. Okay. Well, this has been so amazing. I I do want to touch before we wrap up about Starseed Kitchen. So tell me a little bit about Starseed Kitchen and where people can find you. Yeah. So Starseed Kitchen is the name of my brand and my company. It's my website where I share all the recipes that I actually make as a personal chef. I put them on that site because I want people to be able to find recipes that work online and Mm -hmm. recipes that people are actually enjoying day after day. And you can recreate these meals at home. I really love sharing salad dressing recipes because everyone should be making their own salad dressings. They're so much better for you. Again, you get to make sure that there's, you know, organic extra virgin olive oil in there and many salad dressings work great as a dip 
with carrots and celery and veggies or as an extra sauce over proteins. Mm -hmm. So highly encourage you guys to check out starseedkitchen.com and try some salad dressing ingredients. And then I also have my own line of organic spice blends also under, under my brand Starseed Kitchen. And um, since we've been talking so much about high vibration foods, I have a ton of posts on my website talking about high vibration foods, high vibration cooking, um, you know, being able to test energy, all that good stuff. The things that you and I love to talk about. I have a lot of articles on there about it. Awesome. Well, I will make sure that is all linked in the show notes and I'm excited to look at the recipes on Starseed Kitchen. Um, I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Starseed? So there's multiple meanings to the name Starseed Kitchen. Um, one of my first spiritual teachers is actually the astrologer that coined the name Starseed in the early 80s after she was noticing a trend in the markings on all of her clients' natal astrological charts. And so this term Starseed is in reference to a constellation called the Pleiades that looks like the Little Dipper. So there's the Big Dipper, the little dipper. And then there's the plating constellation that looks like an adorable extra small little dipper. And I thought given my spiritual concepts and high vibration cooking and, you know, the type of teachings I'm trying to bring across through my work that using the term star seed would be, would be right in alignment. I love it. Well, it's so cute. The little logo is Adorable. I'm obsessed with it. It's so great. I always love knowing the meaning. Well, this has been such a delight, such a treat talking to you, Whitney. This has been a blast. Do you have any last things you want to say before we wrap up? Where can people find you? So I'll, I'll make sure I put the website on the show notes and your Instagram, but is there anything else that you want to share? Thank you. Well, everyone can find my recipes and follow my food, culinary, and high vibration adventures on basically every social media platform from Instagram to YouTube under Whitney Aronoff. And I have more conversations like this on my podcast, the High Vibration Living Podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. You ask the best questions. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of it just, just comes from genuine curiosity. I could, we we're at time now, but I could continue this conversation on. It was so fun chatting. Well, I will see you the next time I'm in Arizona and we'll go out to a great restaurant. I know you'll go a place. Oh yeah. I have, I have some ideas in my mind. I was thinking, I'm like, gosh, if we were going back to Southern California for, um, for, uh, July, I was like, we would definitely hire you to do a private dinner. Cause oh, this is how you know you're adulting is when your idea of a fun night out is actually inviting a private chef in. We started doing that over the past couple of years and it is life-changing. Yeah. And I love doing dinner parties. Like there's nothing more fun than being oh, sure. able to set the vibe in your home yes. and serve food that you really loved preparing with friends and, you know, having no time limit on oh. being able to enjoy the food and the company with your yeah. people, the people that you're with. It's the most wonderful feeling. It truly is. We did it for my birthday a couple of years ago, and then we've just done it on trips and it is 
so fun. There is, I was like, whoa, this is, and it was crazy as people hear that and they're like, oh, that's a luxury, that's bougie, whatever. I'm like, actually, it saves you money when you're in a yeah. huge group of people. It's actually the best thing that you could do. So I love that you dinner party. I bet you, I bet it's so fun. So if you ever just in Phoenix, let me know. So I, I can will. put I together will. a dinner party. I will. I'm going to see migration you dinner party. I love it. I would love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you too.